0: Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit, and in this season, its leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. God bless and honor the reading of his law. I mean, excuse me, God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. Oh, the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. I love that song. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Tannenbaum. Oh, Tannenbaum. I love it. I specifically ask that we keep the Christmas tree up just a little bit longer. This is the last week of December, the very last week of December, very last day of December, the last sermon of December. And yes, people love to say, I'll see you next year, all that fun, goofy stuff. But it's it's true, technically speaking. And so I wanted the Christmas tree to be up just one more day, uh, one more year, one more sermon for this very reason. The Christmas tree is wonderful, and I love it, and I love, I love, uh, I love the way it shows sparkling, wonderful, wonderful ways. This year, I appreciate the people putting up the tree, and I know that uh, my dear friend and his wife uh, decorated it this year. I'm assuming they helped put it up. I, I don't know, but I know one thing for certain. Every year, I have people do one specific thing. And I'm assuming they did this year. They may not have, I don't know. I have one specific thing put under the tree. It may not be there, I don't know. But I know that I have one specific thing put under the tree. And if it's not there, it's okay, because the meaning is still there. And I'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But there is a a Christmas special, a Christmas movie that came out in 1978 that is my very favorite called Stubby Pringles Christmas. Now, one of the things I love about that show is that it's not, what you call a, a w- real well-known show? It was a book first, or at least a story. And uh, this woman says in the movie she's very poor. She says the Christmas tree is the thing. It's not the decorations. And he says to her, he says, "No, no, ma'am. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing, ma'am." And he's a cowboy, so he leaves. He uh, he says an illustration to her. He says, "It's not just the horse. It's the horse and the bridle and the saddle and the rein and." He's saying that it's everything on the tree, not just the tree by itself. It's everything on the tree that makes the tree the tree. Now, you've got to remember, this is supposed to be back in the Western days. So they would put candles and they would use the dressing, which would be paper uh, dressings and things upon it. And that's the truth. But there are some people who love to say, who love to say that Christmas trees are evil nowadays. Some people think this is a part of the Celtic religion, and that's really not true. The Celtic tree, if you want to be honest about it, was a cedar tree, not pine. But even in that case, the Christmas tree came from Germany, and there's lots of illustrations that are used by the Christmas tree back in the day. Part of it is the fact that the Christmas tree from Germany, they've talked about the fact that it had three points, the top and the sides, which stood for God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, as King James would say. But that is, or you know the King James Bible, that being said, is that's what it was all about. And it was evergreen. It always stayed young, always stayed alive. That's why we have the wreath that goes around. It's an evergreen. It never dies. It's always alive. That's why they used that tree. It was about the Lord God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, evergreen, everlasting life. And remember this. God is the creator. He created every single tree. It belongs to Him. And to prove my point even further, I'm going to talk to you about the the, uh, scripture, Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 18 through 20. And it says in Isaiah 41, 18 through 20, it says, I will open river. I'll, I'll give you a moment to look that up again. Isaiah 41, 18 through 20. And it says this. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness of wilderness the cedar, the assisi, I may be mispronouncing that. I probably, I probably am. The myrtle and the olive tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine. There we go. And the pine and the box tree together. That they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. And the Holy One of Israel has created it. The Holy One of Israel has created it. In other words, God created all the trees together. God created all the trees. He's the creator of the tree. He's the one who made all the trees together. Notice that it mentioned all those types of trees. He's the one who created every single tree. Now, this sermon is not about the Christmas tree. It is about the Christian tree. In fact, the title of today's sermon is The Christian Tree of Life. The Christian Tree of Life. So when people tell you that the Christmas tree is evil, go back to, I know you couldn't pay attention to that, but I'll say it again. Go back to Isaiah 41, read verses 18 through 20. Because you will see that God mentions in this through Isaiah the cedar tree, which the Celtics misused. He mentions the Assisia tree. He mentions the myrtle, the olive tree. He mentions the fir tree, which is the type of tree that people use for Christmas trees. He mentions the pine tree, and yes, even a box tree, whatever that is. Again, I know you, you, sister Heather, who loves to do garden trees, probably could tell me at your garden. She probably tells me right now. Yeah, I know what a box tree is. But the fact is, is that God created all the plants and all the trees of the world. God is the creator of all things, and God is in charge of the tree. God is. So the title of the sermon, once again, is the Christian Tree of Life. The Christian Tree of Life. So, I will start talking about what the tree of life is. What is the tree of life? The tree of life can be found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. In Genesis chapter 2, we're going to go through two things in Genesis, talking about the tree of life. The tree of life was found in Genesis chapter 2, 8 through 9. A little different than what we're going to talk about, but not really. The tree of life, Genesis chapter 2, 8 through 9, the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. Notice how it's together here. He play. He formed. Uh, he for, He formed that man out of the ground. The Lord God made to grow every tree that he that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, along with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, what exactly is the tree of life? That I cannot tell you because I'm not God. I don't know exactly what he's talking about. Is it, was there actually a tree that was a tree of life that if they'd been eaten of it, they would have had everlasting life? That I don't know. Or was it a spiritual a spiritual meaning there? Probably the latter. I don't know. Some people believe that if they'd eaten of it, they'd had everlasting life. I seriously doubt that. I seriously doubt that. I, I imagine that there was actually probably, and I don't know this, so don't quote me, But there is probably a spiritual meaning there because God is talking about sending a son later on. He's probably talking about later on coming back on to another type of tree, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But let's, let's go on with that. Genesis 3, 22 through 24. The Lord God said, the man has become like one of us. What is he talking about? Okay, this is right after mankind has sinned. Mankind has sinned, Adam and Eve. I want to say mankind, even though we use Adam as an example, because it's true. Adam was the one who was in charge at that time. And mankind, both Adam and Eve, has sinned. They both have sinned. Mankind has sinned. So, and we got to take this for what it is. One person can't say that man is in charge and give it all on Adam. And then one minute later, different people say, wait a minute. Women are just as important as men. They're just as good." No, no, no. You either have one or the other. Either man was equal for all of it, or woman is just as equal. You can't have both. (laughs) Everyone is equal for their own sin. But in this case, Adam was in charge of what's supposed to happen there. So when God talks about Adam, he's talking about who he made first and who was supposed to be in charge of the house spiritually. Both of them are equal for their sin. But Adam is who God counts because he is in charge of the home. Now, going on from there. So, the Lord God said that the man has become like one of us. He's talking about mankind here. Knowing good and evil, and now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Is this being literal? I'm assuming, but I don't know. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden. He didn't belong there anymore. to, To till the ground from which he was taken, he drove the man out, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim, that's an angel, and the flaming sword, which he turned in every direction, that sword is going, to guard the way of the tree of life. Now we know that God is going to send his son, that the tree of life is going to be Christ. So was there literally a tree? This, I I can't quite tell. I don't know exactly what that means. Do I really believe that God would have allowed Adam to eat of that tree? That I don't know. I doubt it. But I know this. It's a moot point at this point. Because God did what he did, and Christ is the tree of life. Christ is the tree of life for us. So now let's talk about the tree of Christ. The tree of Christ. Listen to 1 Peter. What is the tree of Christ? Well, I'm going to tell you. The tree of Christ is not this Christmas tree. The tree of life is what Christmas is truly about. And no, I'm not talking about the manger that sits behind me. I'm talking about the tree that's behind it. And that is the cross. Because we need to remember, we need to remember that whether the manger was made out of wood or stone, and probably stone, we need to remember that the tree is the reason that he came. And that is the cross. The cross is the reason he came. And no, not the cross alone. Not the wooden cross alone, but the stone that is the grave. That is the reason he came, so that you can start being born, born again, you see. That is the reason. So let us look at what 1 Peter says, and Peter says this in 1 Peter 2, 24. I love this verse. This could be the greatest verse of all time. This could be a Christmas verse, and an Easter verse, and your whole life verse. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says... He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by his wounds. You were healed. This is quoting Isaiah one more time by his wounds. You are what healed. Amen. John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by, except through, except by me. There's no other way into Jesus. No, Excuse me, no other way into heaven. No other way to everlasting life. No other way except through the tree. And I'm talking about the cross. But not the cross alone. But the planting into the, the tomb of, I like what it says in 1 John 5:20. 1 John 5:20 it says and we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true his son Jesus Christ he is the true god and eternal life. Oh, I got to say it again. But and this is the reason so many people say yeah, he's God's son. And He is. And He came to live here in the form like us. But He's also God. I know it's hard for our little pea brains to understand all this completely. And by the way, I'm not insulting you. At least I don't mean to be. I'm insulting us, all of us. It's hard for us to comprehend God because He's put in three different ways. He is spirit. He is everlasting Lord. And He is man. He's all the above. He came to do all this for us. So that's the tree of Christ. When we look at this tree, we see all sorts of things. But let me tell you the other tree. We're not talking about Christmas tree today. We're talking about the Christian tree. And you have a Christian tree. Your life is a Christian tree, or at least it's supposed to be a Christian tree. It's supposed to be... I use the Christmas tree as an example because it's a great example. The Christmas tree is a great example. But it's a different kind of example than the Christmas tree that we usually use. And we can use all sorts of Christmas trees as examples. The Rockefeller tree. We see that every year in New York. Big old tree. You can see that. The whole world sees it. They see it on TV and everything, and that's wonderful. They can see it. It's beautiful. It, it, it stays up there for quite a while, and it's pretty for everybody to see. We see trees put up everywhere, lit up pretty for everybody to see. A Christian tree is our life. But I'm not talking about the trees that are cut down, the trees that have to stay in water to stay, uh, you know, looking good and young. By the way, they're dead, <laughs> they're dead trees but they're stuck in water, they say, oh, it's still alive. No, technically it's not. It is it's staying alive in a sense, but really it's not. I mean, you think about it, it's just staying alive for a little while, but it's, it's still cut down. And then there's the artificial tree. Now, technically, this is an artificial tree. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind artificial. But when it comes to a Christian tree, you're not to be cut down. And you're not to be cut down by the world around you. And you're not to be artificial. There's a lot of artificial Christians out there. There's a lot of Christians get cut down by the world around them. You're not to be that way. You're to be still alive, alive forevermore because of Jesus. Not because of you, but because of Jesus Christ. What does it say in Romans 6.23? Well, we just read it in Sunday school. It's one of my all-time favorites. It says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of... Oh, I got to stand up. You know, I can't just sit down on this one. No matter how bad my knees are. It says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love that verse. I could read that 27 times a day and I probably do. But I love that verse. It's wonderful. And then there's Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 10 Blessed is the man, I'll say it again. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 10. Make sure you write it down if that's what you do. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 10 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreads out its roots by the river and shall not fear when he comes, when I said, when heat comes, but its leaf shall be green and it shall not be anxious in the year of drought neither shall cease shall cease from yielding fruit the heart is more deceitful than all things and desperately wicked who can understand it i the lord search the heart i test the mind even to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. We're to be like that tree, to be planted, to be evergreen because of Jesus Christ, not because of us. Our works are not to be what makes us look wonderful and to be dead inside. Have you ever looked at a neighbor's tree, especially one that's right next to your house, and you could tell this dying. Maybe there's some kind of a disease. I can't remember if they call it a blithe, or whatever they call it, blight, okay, whatever. But there's different things that it has that makes it start to die. Let me turn off this fan. There's different things it has that makes it start to die. And it starts to worry you when you see a tree start to die, especially when it's down low. (laughs) You start to see the, the leaves start to die. The color starts to look ugly. And you can tell that tree's about to fall at some point. We have a neighbor whose tree doesn't look as pretty as it once did. And uh, I, I, I remember, I was praising God when I saw that one of the neighbor's tree who's looking kind of ugly, that the people came and cut it down. I was really happy about that. It has nothing to do with the way the tree looks. It's because we don't want to see that tree fall, especially when it could hit your house or your car. Or anything else. Maybe you've seen that. What I do know is this. As a Christian, we are to be evergreen. If you let the illness of the world get in you, it's not because you could lose your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. But it can that get in you, that illness around you. Don't let that happen. Continue to go to the Word and be fed and feed off of it. Now why do I say that? Because a tree grows. A tree grows. We're to be being fed and watered by the sun. Now, a true tree grows and to be fed off the S-U-N sun, giving nutrients that are needed. We're to be fed of a different sun, aren't we? What does it say in Proverbs 11.30? Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Folks, we're supposed to be having Growth coming from us. We're supposed to be growing constantly by the way that we live for the Lord. Make sure that you're in the word. Make sure that you're growing from that. We'll get to that in a moment. But we need to make sure that we're growing from the word of God. Growing every day by the way that we live. I like Psalm 92, 12 through 14. Psalm 92, 12 through 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be filled with uh, vitality and foliage. Folks, I know as we get older in the Lord, we sometimes feel like we just were ready to tap out. We're ready to go home. And I understand that. We get tired of the wind hitting us from every which way, we get tired of the world tearing us down. We get tired. We are ready to leave and go home, but don't give in. Don't say, I'm ready to go home. Don't say that yet. Don't let the illness of the world seep in. Allow the Lord's Word and the Holy Spirit to continue to feed you. Let the water of the Word of God feed you daily. I know that physically we're tired, Emotionally, we get tired, but spiritually, if we continue to feed, it will affect everything else. Okay, so our body is sore. Do you know how old trees get? Really, really old. (laughs) I'm not even going to give you an age. I've seen some trees that are so old. When I went to Jerusalem, I saw these big, fat, ugly trees, olive trees, in fact. But they don't go big and tall and huge like we see here in the oaks. No, no, no. They grow outward. I guess I'm an olive tree. <laughs> but when they go that way, you see the bark goes outward. No joke. They go outward. I, I was so used to the upward and outward. But no, 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 no. These go outward because the olive trees are not that big as far as size-wise. But the bark goes on out. And it does look ugly. But really, that showed the, the age of it. And they were telling us all about it. And it was surprised me. When I saw that olive tree, but folks, the olive tree is beautiful. It is a beautiful, ugly tree. <laughs> and I love it. I love an olive tree. And we see in the Bible, an olive tree gets used again and again in illustration. I would rather be an ugly, an ugly olive tree. An uglive? Maybe that's a new word I invented. I like to be an ugly olive tree on the outside. Strong in the middle. Beautiful in the middle. Growing for the Lord. Let that olive oil of the Lord be within me and care at all about what the world thinks. Amen? Amen. We're to be, as it says in 2 Peter 3.18, 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. A Christian tree is to grow on the word And prayer, in obedience, to absorb the wisdom, not on the S-U-N sign, but the S-O-N sign. Let us continue to mature mentally, spiritually, eat of the knowledge of the Word. Let His Word be substance for us. Let us continue to get the nutrients from the Holy Spirit, the nutrients of what he could teach us. Let's not continue to watch the news, and all. there's nothing wrong with watching the news to a point, but let's not continue to try to get our knowledge and understanding from people who don't know the Lord. How can you grow knowledge from people who know nothing? We're not to try to grow wisdom from fools, and they are fools. It's the fool who says there is no God. Now, that's not to say we're not to love them and pray for them. We are. We need to know what's going on in the world, but at the same time, don't try to think yourself wise from following the unwise. No. Grab wisdom, you little tree. Grab wisdom from God Himself. Be fed from Him, the Lord Christ. We're together, together. Come to the force of the family of God and grow as a forest of Christian trees. You can go back out there, but if you want to be a strong Christian tree, don't be out there like one little tree taking on the wind. I know what people like to say in illustrations, that tree becomes strong. Yes, but come together as a forest on Sundays, on Wednesdays, on whatever day you can come together with your family, come together, grow together. They say, Oh, I'm strong enough to be on my own. No, you're not. But I can watch it on TV at home. That's fine. But if you can physically be together with your family, come together with your family. You need to gather together. The Bible talks of this. We'll talk about it on another church Sunday. Don't worry about it. Another sermon's coming about your family. Okay? But we need to be together as a family. When every time the door opens, we need to be watered continuously by the Spirit. It's just how it is. We know it. Whenever a tree or plant can be doctored on by the people who know how to do it, they do. But there's people who take care of forests that those plants are, are well taken care of, and they, they actually have nurseries for plants and things. And uh, and I love that some people are really good at that. I personally, you wouldn't want me to take care of a plant. I'd be like Charlie Brown's little Christmas tree thing, which, by the way, I have a Christmas tree like that. But the point is, is if it it was real, that thing would be dead in two minutes flat. (laughs) It wouldn't take an ornament to kill it. It would just take me. But the Lord God blesses a Christian tree when the Christian tree comes to him. Gains wisdom from his word. Listen to what it says in James 3.17. James 3.17 says... But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And Colossians 2, Colossians 2, 6 and 7, Colossians 2, 6 and 7 As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught and abounding with thanksgiving. We're to be rooted in Christ. Christian tree, be rooted in him. As a Christian tree, we have the Holy Spirit flowing as you continue to live thoroughly and daily with Jesus. And as you have the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit can grow fruit. We grow grow fruit because of that. Now, I realize that a pine tree doesn't necessarily grow fruit in a literal sense, except that it has pine, what do they call them? Pine cones. Now, I don't want to eat a pine cone. (laughs) But it does technically grow fruit. I've seen berries on certain ones, you know. Uh, The fact is, I'm not suggesting you go out and eat them. I'm just saying. We do grow fruit as a Christian tree. We grow fruit. On John, in John 15, Jesus said this to his disciples. John 15, 5 through 6, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man does not remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and withers. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Folks, if a branch is taken from a tree, that branch is going to do nothing but be thrown into a. a, a well, you've seen the little campfires. You know, without Christ, a branch is worthless. We don't need to be without Christ. Our Christian tree, without Christ, little branches, they can do nothing. We need to be with Christ constantly. As it says in Romans 15 13. Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to fall into the hope of the Holy Spirit, so that we can grow the fruit of God. It's a well-known verse, or verses technically, about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I love it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Only the Holy Spirit can give such things. We are to have such love and joy. Peace and patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. We can't do this on our own. But the Lord God through the Holy Spirit gives it to us. If we just relax and give ourselves unto God, all this can grow upon that Christian tree. And the people can see it. In fact, the Lord God talks about it again and again in the book of Revelation, which we'll, we'll mention a little bit of here in a little bit. The 12 types of fruit. When you think of that. Now, I love what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 16 through 20. Matthew 7, 16 through 20. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a corrupt tree bears evil fruit. A good tree cannot bear evil fruit, nor a corrupt tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore... By their fruit, you will know them. Now, this is the same scripture that John was quoting earlier, the same uh, situation. But I want you to understand something. This can be misconstrued, misunderstood. When people say, oh, but I sometimes mess up isn't that bad fruit. This is not talking about a Christian who makes mistakes. That's not the kind of bad fruit we're talking about. We're talking about a lost person cannot bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And a saved person should not be bearing the fruit of the lost. We are to allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit through us. This is not our fruit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about here, okay? So remember that. Now, so we've talked about these things. We've now talked about the tree of life. We've now talked about the tree of Christ. we talked about the Christian tree and how the tree grows. Now we've talked about growing fruit, allowing the Holy Spirit to grow fruit on your Christian tree. So, what's next? Using the Christmas tree once again as an illustration, one of the great things is the decoration upon a Christmas tree. We love the decorations, it is to attract people to it. I mentioned a while ago a wonderful line, a wonderful line from the movie, or at least the TV show, because it was a special, an hour long it was, uh, that says, the, the tree is the thing. It's not the things upon it. And he said to her, it's the whole thing, ma'am. It's the whole thing. So here's the thing. It's not just the tree. It's the lights and the decoration. It's the star on top. It's the, the stuff that goes around it. It's the gift underneath. It's all these things that make a tree the tree. It's not just a tree by itself. I mean, when someone has a house, it's not just the house. It's the things you have in it. It's the furniture. It's the family. It's it. You know, a home is not what makes a home, the house itself. It's the family, it's the feeling, it's everything. The tree by itself is not the thing, it's the decorations, it's the dressing of works, it's all these things. It's to attract all people to God and to heaven. Are we saved by works? Absolutely not. No. But the works often show that we are saved. It's the works that show that we're saved. That's the dressing. That's the decoration upon your Christian tree. People see and know that you are saved by the way you behave, by your actions you are known, as we say so often, or at least I do, by your actions you are known. We've talked about it just a while ago. The tree is the thing. No, no, it's the trees, the things on it, the ornaments, the tinsel, some put on there. It's very messy, but some like it. It's the ornaments. I love ornaments. And every tree is different. Some people put ornaments because they like a theme. Uh, some, I've seen people have just dis- Disney ones. I've seen some people have actually had Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. Some people just like Christmas things because they like the, the old-fashioned. I've seen some people like just like this, certain colors, white and gold, and that's fine. I've seen some who like a history lesson, so to speak. They like to put up a lesson of what they have done on different Christmases. And that's fine, too. To each their own. Every tree is different. But a Christian tree should be a witness. A Christian tree should be a witness of what you've gone through in your Christian life, what Christ has done for you. In fact, I have a a notion that I'm going to start putting up a different Christmas tree in this church. I have one. I'm not talking about this one. This one's beautiful the way it is. But I want to put up one that has my little biblical ornaments and maybe buy a few more throughout this year, little biblical things that tell a biblical story, because in our life as a Christian tree, we are to tell the story of what Christ has done for us in our life. A ministry it should be. A witness. I was once this, but now I'm that. I started off lust, but now I'm found. I once was on the way to hell. But Christ saved my life eternally. And He saved my life physically. He helped me again and again and again. I once was this, but now I can do this. Not because of me, but because of Christ through me. I once couldn't even hardly speak right. Now God speaks through me and teaches people through me. I once couldn't sing, but now I can sing because of Christ through me. And all these things that God did for you, your Christian tree, let God decorate you and decorate through you, not to praise you, but to praise Christ through you. Your Christmas tree is to show people this Christmas. As a Christian tree is to show Christ. Not you. But what Christ did through you. Second Peter chapter one, five through seven. 2 Peter chapter one, five through seven. For this reason, make every effort to add virtue to your faith, and to your virtue, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to your self-control, patience, excuse me, patient endurance, and to your patient endurance, godliness, and to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to your brotherly kindness, love. This shows works. Oh, that must mean that's what saved him. No. But when they're saved, it changed them one step at a time. One step at a time. It didn't happen overnight. Paul Paul, didn't change overnight. It took about 14 years before he could start going out and preaching. He didn't change overnight. He wasn't even Paul. He was Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Saul, who was hated and people were scared to death of him. It changed, but it didn't happen overnight. I didn't start preaching and teaching automatically. God told me, and slow but sure, I didn't become a pastor, boom, automatically. Slow but sure, slow but sure. You the call of God, the Christian tree, it's not going to happen overnight. When you start to grow, and a tree is planted, it's planted as a baby. Across the street from my house is a wonderful couple, and I love them so much, and they're expecting a child, and I'm so happy for them. There's wonderful people, good Christian folks, too. Love them. I saw the lady who also worked uh, actually at a nursery, and I can't remember what it's called, but she worked doing planting trees and all that, and she planted a tree about a year ago, and I don't know a thing about trees, as I said before, but she planted a tree, and I thought it might be too close to the house. It's not, but I thought it might have been. But when I saw her planting it, I thought, I don't know about this tree. But it's just a little bitty baby tree. Now it's growing. It's growing strong and pretty. And it's got this, I don't remember where it's from, but it's got this special kind of leaves that are always like a reddish look to it. Real pretty. The point is, is, this tree is growing and getting stronger. And it, it's not going to start off like a full-grown tree, but someday it will be. My father planted some trees when I was just a little bitty boy. I might have been... Eight, nine, ten years old—I don't remember exactly. Uh, there's three of them, but some were too close together. One died right away. Another one had to be cut down a few years ago. Now there's one, just one, but it's big, and it wasn't big right away. It took a long time. I'm nearly fifty years old. I'm forty-seven right now. I'll hang on to those three years for a while. But here's the point: the point is, is it takes a long time for a tree to grow and be right. Some trees don't grow right, and they have to be uprooted. You're a good tree, Christian tree. Keep growing. Let God do it right. Let Him trim you where you need to be trimmed. Let Him decorate you as you live for Him. Be decorated. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, written by Paul. To the people of Ephesus. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would give you, according to the riches of his glory, power to be strengthened by his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is breathed and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. One thing about trees, though, as greatly decorated as they are, until they're lit, they just don't look that special. They look nice. But I'm in here several times. And I see this tree sitting here, and it's not lit up. I come into my office, and it, the lights aren't on because it's not plugged in. And it doesn't look quite as special, but there's something about once it's plugged in, boom, the lights come on. You know, it's amazing. It's the exact same tree, but it's not lit up. And the moment it's lit up, it's got this sparkle magic about it almost. I know that sounds silly, but it's true. It just looks so special and wonderful, all lit up. And folks, you're to be the same way, Christian. You're to have the lights on. You're to have a light of Jesus lit up in you you ever met a Christian that doesn't look lit up? I have. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm a Christian, but boy, there's just some things. And these people seem so dark, decadent. and They just don't seem to have the light of Christ lit up in them. What on earth? You're to have the light. He's the way, the truth, the life, and the light. Come on. You're to have the light of Christ on you. It's one thing to be decorated for Christ, but if you don't have the lights lit up on you, people aren't going to be attracted to Christ. Have those lights shining. But folks, they they may say, but Philip, it it costs so much money. I'm not talking about literally having it plugged in all the time, but you can literally, through the Holy Spirit, through the Lord God, through His Word, have the lights of Christ plugged in 24-7, never unplugged. Ever. Bring people in from the fields of sin. It's like that magical power. No, I'm not talking literal witchcraft magic. Come on. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit magic. You know what I mean. Ephesians 5, 8 through 13. Ephesians 5, 8 through 13. For you were formerly, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed when they are revealed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean you have to tell the whole world what you've ever done that's bad? No, it's not what it's talking about. It's saying don't go to those things in darkness of the world. Don't go and be a part of those things, but be exposing that you don't go around them, but expose that these things are bad. I'm not going near it and get more, but I'm going to shine bright as the light of Jesus Christ. And one last thing, one last thing. If you have a Christmas tree, you know, you know what goes underneath the presents, the gifts. That's what goes underneath the presents, the gifts. Now, maybe you don't have a big family and that's okay. Maybe there wasn't much underneath it this year. And that's okay, too, because that's not what makes Christmas Christmas, incidentally. But there is one gift that should always be. And used to, they put the gifts on the trees, which was a little dangerous You consider the fact they used to have candles on the tree for the light. But in the sense that. The gifts go under the tree or on the tree or whatever. Your tree should always have a gift under it, Christian tree. This tree almost always, I don't know if it does this year or not, but literally speaking, maybe not, but figuratively speaking, this tree always has one gift under it. And that's a red box that I made years ago. On the back it's written a few little things, but inside that box, it's a beautiful sparkly box. I put it together with a red bow. Inside that box there is a picture. Talks about the gospel. It has baby Jesus, it has the cross, and it has the tomb opened up, and it has scripture in there. No one's ever going to see it but me because I'm going to put it in there. But here's the thing: the reason why I put that gift in there, on, under the tree I usually do every time is because of what it represents. And nobody really knows about it. it. Usually, doesn't matter to anybody, but it matters to me. And the reason is because as a Christian tree, we are to carry that gift around. It's not so that we look wonderful, but we're to carry the message, the gospel of everlasting life to all those who will obtain it. And it's not because the gift comes from us. It comes from the Lord God. But we're to make sure the whole world knows that we received the gift and you have a gift that's ready for you to unwrap too. And we're to be proud of the present that we received. Amen. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works so that no one should boast. I can't brag about the present of everlasting life on my own, but I can sure brag upon my Lord God, Jesus Christ. I can brag every single day about what Christ has done for me. I can brag, 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 and I do. Jesus has saved me. Jesus gave it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he, oh, he washed it white as snow. That's the white Christmas that I dreamt of, and God saved me. Today, you're a Christian tree. You're the Christian tree of life, everlasting life. All people of this world are trees dying in a forest, and they can't see the forest because of the trees. But you, a Christian tree, lit up because of Jesus Christ, decorated, decorated with witness because of the life that you've lived, continuing to put up new decorations, new ornaments every day because of what Christ is doing through you, lighting up brighter every day, not darker, because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, allowing more fruit to grow because of the holy spirit making sure your tree is still growing making sure that you tell people about that tree of christ because he is a tree of life you make sure that you have that gift to give to all and i will close today by reading revelation chapter 22 verse 1 through 5 and it says in revelation chapter 22 verse 1 through 5 then he showed me, and this is John speaking, by the way. Then he showed me a pure river of, water, of the water of life. Then he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on east side of the river, was a tree of life, which bore 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. The throne of God and the lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Night shall be no more. They need no lamp nor the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Christian tree. You no longer need to be afraid because of what will be will be the reigning of our Lord God. He's the one that helps us to grow, continue to grow. You no longer need to listen to the darkness of the world around you, but grow because of the Son, the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Grow today. Continue to grow. Allow yourself to, to feed off the Word and the Holy Spirit. Let us bow in prayer. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you, Lord God, for feeding us every single day. Thank you, Lord Jesus for giving us promises that you always keep. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you, Lord God, for this upcoming year and for all the wonder and all the love that we will receive from you. Lord, I pray for every single one of the lost. I pray for all the sick. And Lord God, I pray for healing upon them all. Lord God, I pray right now for those who just can't seem to see hope but that they will look to you and they will find it. I pray, Lord God, that they will no longer look to the darkness of the world around, but look to the creator of the perfect world. And I pray, Lord God, they will see the light that you are giving. I pray that we will grow in you. I pray all this in your name. Amen.